Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview show. This is my second take of this because I completely screwed up the first one. But to talk me through what the action coming up tomorrow at the City Ground, I've been joined by Matt Joy. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Very well, thank you, mate. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the first attempt of the recording. I was I was just about to uh, just about to chime in with a comment, but you, you beat me to it. But yes, no, very well, thank you, mate. Yeah, well, I might as well uh, fess up to these things, Mino. But in the world of Reading FC, it's been a quiet one, hasn't it? But we can just enjoy the fact that we're fifth in the league and we can kind of bask in that glory. Everything's going well, consecutive clean sheets, three consecutive wins. Could it be any better at the moment? No, and it's, it seems a long time ago since we uh, had the talk post-Wickham uh, where, you know, everything was doom and gloom. And I remember we, we said on that podcast that a few wins on the spin and, you know, this will seem like a long time ago and that's that's the way it's gone. Um, you know, last Saturday, you're playing against a team who are in dire form. They went down to 10. If that's not a home win, then, you know, what what is going to be a home win? So, you, you've got to caveat it a little bit with that. But no, you know, three wins on the spin, three three clean sheets. I think three different kind of wins. We've seen a, saw a couple of, you know, ground out results where it was a case of maybe clinging on a little bit. But against Wednesday, okay, you had the you know, the man advantage, but the, the confidence on display was was evident and it was a really, really good performance. Yeah, yeah, totally. It couldn't have been more convincing, could it? It kind of eased a lot of Redding fans' minds, I think, that performance, because it's exactly what you said. That was, if we didn't win that game, there would have been huge question marks asked about Padovic, the players and everything. But it's the first time in ages I've actually felt comfortable watching us play. And it's actually enjoyable, which is something you don't associate with Reading that much, I think, in the last four years. Yeah, and I think it's the first time in a while that it looked like the players were enjoying it as well. Mm. You know, they, they look to have that freedom on the pitch. They look like they, they didn't have a, a burden on their shoulders. Uh, and they, you know, really expressed themselves. And it was a fantastic performance throughout the spine of the team, the my ratings were, you know, reflected that, and you've got some, even got some unsung heroes players like Andy Eardon, who, you know, doesn't normally grab too many of the headlines, but he popped up with a goal. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, <clears throat> there we go. And uh, yeah, no, it was brilliant to see. It was a, a really all round before, all round good performance, and it, it certainly, I think, will will give the team a boost that, you know, they, they can go and score the second, they can go and score the third, and and. When they get into those positions, it, it wasn't a case of you know seeing out the win. It was okay. Let's let's show you know let's put down a marker. Let's show what we can do, and they, they certainly did that. Yeah, we're also hearing some positive news about players who may be available tomorrow. You're never quite sure, with Panovic, how much of it is actually true and how much of it is to kind of boost morale. But Oviajaria, possibly Yakimete, as we've heard for about the last six years, I think might be back tomorrow. It's it's all sounding really positive, and I just love it at the moment. It's just great. Yeah, it it seems like there's you know the the good news on the field is being reflected with good news off the pitch. You know, there's and also there's been talk with you know Tom McIntyre's new deal. Hopefully, that that looks like it's moving a step closer. But yeah, Oviagiara could well be back. Andy Renamota, it, it looks like it's going to be a last minute decision on the pair of those. Yaku Mate, as you said, I think Panovic is. Maybe suggested a few times he's in the uh, the final stages of, re- of his recovery, but I think the fact is Reading have you know they've gone three unbeaten and okay the, the teams on paper they played haven't necessarily been promotion challenges, but it's it's they've done that with a, a relatively depleted squad, um, and and shown that there is perhaps a little bit more strength in depth than perhaps we we may have felt 
uh, a few weeks ago. But yeah, no, it is very positive off the pitch at the moment. And you'd hope that that would translate um, on Saturday. I think that the game's coming up towards the, the end of the season. If we can build this momentum now, it's going to hold us in good stead because things are going to get very tough. You know, just make no bones about it. Some tough games coming up right at the, the end of the campaign. But at the moment, you, you, you're you back reading, especially with the players that look like they're returning, to, to continue this form and maybe not win every week, but certainly, uh, certainly you know, move in the right direction. Yeah, and we've also got three huge matches coming up, starting up in Nottingham Forest tomorrow. Then we got Birmingham and then QPR. If we can get six, maybe even seven points from those games, it's going to be a huge boost going into the international break and make those games that you've just mentioned so much easier to go into. Yeah, and you know, if you can go into into the, the games post the international break unbeaten in six, and you know, you, you'll have more players coming back into the fold as well, you you the wind will really be in reading sails. But as we have seen, and I don't want to put a damper on it at all, but you know, if the, the next three games don't go to plan, it, it it could all of a sudden look very tricky again. So yeah. it's a, I think it is a you can't understate how big a week this is coming up for Reading. I think as you said, maybe Maybe not nine points, but if you can if you can come out of those three games unbeaten, especially, I think that'll be a massive boost. And if that was the case, you'd, you'd definitely be back in Reading to solidify and, and hold on to that playoff spot. So yeah, we have got nothing for us tomorrow. It will see probably in all likelihood Glenn Murray starting up front for Nottingham Forest, who's only scored two goals on his debut. Now, as a Reading fan, we all know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's an absolute certainty he's going to score at some point. But it's always going to be tough playing against Forest, especially since they've got Chris Hewton back in. Yeah, he's a, he's a very good manager at this level, and it's it's just a bit of a surprise when he you know left I think uh, Brighton before it. Uh, he's a very good manager. He, he knows what he's doing, and he knows how to set up teams in, in this division. They've the last you, you take a look back at those last five or so games for Forest. I, I don't think they've they haven't scored many, but also they haven't conceded many. So it, it's going to be a, a tough one, and perhaps that's where. You do fear a little bit sometimes when Reading struggle to break down teams that the frustration can build in some of the players. But yeah, as you said, Glenn Murray. I hope you haven't. Uh, <laughs> I hope you haven't set that up because it, it might it might be the Naki Well syndrome. Although he wasn't a, it wasn't a former role, but you know it's, sometimes you just have a feeling the other you know, dread in your stomach that they're gonna uh, they're gonna make the difference. And yeah, you'd hope that Reading have enough to um, to to pick up the win. I think the form book would suggest that. They do, but at the same time, you know, we all know how predictable the form book can be sometimes. But um, it'll be a really interesting game. And I think the thing is with Forest, they don't seem to, or this season, okay, their, their league position hasn't been great, but when they've gone ahead in games, they are good at holding on to leads and, mm. and certainly not losing from, you know, a, a winning position. So I think the first goal would be massive if Reading can go into the game and take the game to Forest, look to dominate from the off and try and get ahead early, then it might be an easier afternoon. I think the longer it goes on, perhaps the more nervy it, it gets. So I think the first goal will be crucial, but it, it's a massive game tomorrow. And I don't think it's one that should be uh, underestimated. No, not at all. I'll take a goal from Glenn Murray against us as long as we win. I, I'm not bothered <laughs> as long as we win. I love a clean sheet, no, but I'd rather yeah. have three points totally. So kind of looking at these games coming up, it's going to be a real test of the squad, I think. Um, we shouldn't underestimate these teams that are coming up against us at all because they want points as well, especially Birmingham later on in the week. But what do you think is how it's going to go tomorrow, Matt? Are you going to be optimistic or are you going to stay on the fence? No, I'm going to be optimistic. I think 
one thing I have noticed in, in recent weeks is some of the players who have been some of the fringe players and perhaps some of the players who haven't, you know, been the, the star men have, have stepped up. I think Alpha Samedas looked good in recent weeks. I thought Sonia Luco was electrifying off the bench last Saturday. So, yes, there's, there's you know, going to be a th- three games coming thick and fast, but you'd, you'd back some of those fringe players. They look like they're hitting form and it certainly looks like Reading have got a bit more in terms of the ability to, to rotate. So I think, you know, fresh week of training, no new injury concerns by the looks of it and a few players returning. I think, you, as we said at the start of the season, if you're ever going to, you don't often get a chance with Reading to, to back them uh, and, and for it to look like it's going to be a win. But I think at this point, you, you, you'd certainly put, your, put, them, put, put a five on them maybe. What's your score prediction, though, Matt? Come on, let's get an original score prediction. I think it'll be. A, I think it'll be. I, I. I think it might be another one 0 I think it might be another yeah. a goal, maybe sort of stroke of half time and a, a bit of a nervy finish. But I think. I think it'll be a, a narrow win. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's going to be many goals in it at all. I'm going to go for a Puskas goal. Um, I think he's made a real impact since he's come back into the team. Him and Jao, it's eased the load on Lucas Jao as well. But we'll see how it goes. Thanks a lot for joining us, Matt. And uh, we'll be back next week when Matt Williamson will be back hosting again. Cheers. Thanks. I'm here with George from the NFFC pod. How are you doing, George? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm not doing too badly. Uh, let's talk about Nottingham Forest. This season has been a bit of a strange one. Uh, it seems to me like it's been kind of split in half. Up until about December, you were on pretty awful run, and it's got better since then. Talk us through it. Yeah, um, it's been a bit, a bit of an underwhelming season, really. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest you know word you can use to describe it. Obviously, the end of last season was just heartbreaking for Forrest. Um, you boys will know all about that 4-1 Swansea win and the 4-1 Stoke defeat. Um, but I think the owners just kind of wanted to go one further and the signings they made in the summer almost cemented them claims. You know, the likes of um, Christie, Knockhart, um, Arta, these, you know, big name championship players. So it was very much geared up for promotion and that's what the whole feeling was. But yeah, it's been a poor season. Uh, I think the, they made 14 new signs over the course of the summer. So them changes for any championship club, let alone one who only just missed out on promotion last season, is a lot of changes to make. And the first kind of few months of the season was about probably building cohesion. And, you know, there was, there was a lack of cohesion and lack of understanding on the pitch. Um, and that ultimately cost Sabri Mucci his job. Chris Hutton came in and took them a while to you know get to grips with the players but in the end they've turned somewhat of a corner um they are a lot better now they're not really scoring too many goals but um you know they look a lot more solid and they're starting to control more games but they're coming into this one on the back of defeats to Watford and Luton so um yeah it's been a it's been a season of two halves you could say yeah yeah, you talk about all the signings you made. In January, you added another three faces in uh, Kravinovic, Garner and Murray. They all seem to have come straight into the team. Um, why did you need those signings, I guess, if you made all the signings in summer? And have they just added that extra bit of quality? Yeah, I think the two midfielders you mentioned, Kravinovic and Garner, were definitely needed. Um, I think they were lacking any sort of creativity from midfield. Um, their only real creative source was Anthony Knockhart and... He was struggling for form. Um, but no, Kravinovic is a... I liked him at West Brom last season. I think he's a tidy number 10. Um, we needed, you know, that link-up between midfield and attack because you're going to touch on it in a minute. But the 4-2-3-1, one, 
it's so important to have that number 10. Um, you know, you boys probably know with John Swift, whoever plays there, it's so important to have that link between midfield and attack. And James Garner is a nice, nice, tidy player. Um, been really impressed with him since he's come in. He's, you know, he keeps everything ticking in midfield. Obviously, Ben Watson was quite a big player for Forest last season. Um, but obviously, he left the club in the summer because he wanted to return to London at the end of his contract. So, them two have really given Forest a bit of a bit a bit of class in midfield um and a bit of creativity and then obviously Glenn Murray who to be fair hasn't really done an awful lot since he scored on his full debut against Wickham he scored a brace but he's more just of a wiser head and the situation for us when in January they needed to add more goals and he's a player who obviously Chris Hughton knows and trusts so um yeah them, them three players have certainly made a difference but there's still more to come from them, I feel uh, maybe because of how big your squad is, you've not had many players who have played over about two thirds of the minutes in the championship. Does that affect what you were talking about earlier, that cohesion? Is that why there was that problem to begin with? Well, yeah, because obviously at first, Hewton was rotating his back line. He couldn't settle on the back four. He couldn't decide who his wing backs were. He couldn't settle on who his midfield two were. The only real given starters were Brees, Samba and Goal, Knockhart and... Amiobi played a few games and that was literally it. So I think when you look at the team who played Reading early on in the season, it'll be very different to the one um, that, that comes up this weekend. I think now Forest fans and probably Hewton as well is almost decided on his best 11. Um, you know, you could probably rotate two or three, but you, you'd know the starting 11 before each game. Um, you know, you, you wouldn't be surprised at too many changes. So no, it, it was all, up, as I said, them changes in the summer were unnecessary. I think I think even the club probably know that now. Um, it took a while for them to get going on the pitch. They didn't look like a team. They looked like a team of individual players who didn't really play to play as a as a unit or as a, as a team. Um, but it is it is um, beneficial now. The likes of Warrell and Figueredo have, have built up minutes uh, together um, in the heart of defence. It's it's beneficial that Christian Ribeiro is a good run of games because they've both been injured in pre season and at times this season. So yeah, um, it's been beneficial these games uh, which come thick and fast yeah Reading didn't really get to see the 4-2-3-1 too much in the game in December given that Ryan Yates got sent off inside the first <laughs> 15 minutes but that is how you've lined up over the course of the season just like tell us about how that works um are there any quirks that Hewton's used to get the best out of players um well, I think first and foremost, it's a formation that he, he likes. I think when you look at the the Brighton team he got promoted with in 2017, they were a 4-2-3-1. And in the Premier League, he stuck with that formation as well. So um, that's also a formation, to be fair, that Forrest's last two managers have used as well. So it's uh, it's it's very similar to what I've been seeing for the last few years. But um, I wouldn't. I think I'll very much Forrest's game plan. I hope you've not got any scouts in the uh, in the fan base, but it's very much get the, the ball out wide to the wingers and overlap through the fullbacks, which is, to be fair, what he did a lot last season with Matty Cash. Um, Cyrus Christie and Knockout have a decent relationship um, because obviously they played together at Fulham and won promotion together. So, um, But I think recently, right, well, at the weekend, Ryan Yates played with James Garner in midfield for the first time together. Um, and I think Yates took up more of a deeper role Whereas Garner pushed more into a probably four-one-four-one. Um, Yates is more of a defensive minded midfielder, whereas Garner's the one who, you know, pulls the strings and is, is more of a technically gifted player, as you probably expect from someone from you know United on loan. So um apart from that, it's very I think probably the one of the biggest critics you can give Forrest is that 
they're quite static. There's not too much off the ball movement. Um, the wingers like to stay nice and wide and hug the touchline. Um, and that's sometimes very easy to mark. I know you've got knockout coming in from the right onto the left, but you know, if you can show him onto his right foot all the time, then you've nullified one of the Forest's biggest threats there. And I think fans would agree with that. It'll be interesting to see the battle between Knockart and um, Omar Richards, who is one of Reading's best players, you would, well, I think most people would say. Um, tell me about Bree Samba, because Reading fans, I think, are yet to see the best of him, but Forest fans ha- hold him in quite high regard. Yeah, um, his character, I'm sure everyone will agree at that. Um, I think... He's one of them goalkeepers. You know, normally when you think of a goalkeeper, they just have very consistent performances. He's either one of these goalkeepers, which is quite rare in the sense that one week he'll be quite enigmatic and, you know, erratic and make some mistakes. But, you know, he'll go on the next four games and be a fantastic player and keep Forest in games at times. And to be fair, this season, he's probably been one of the Forest's most impressive performers um he obviously made a glaring error against Reading last time out uh, which led to yeah he's obviously getting sent off like you said but he's been good in recent weeks he saved the penalty against Blackburn Adam Armstrong and you know his distribution's never been in question um it's more of his as I said erratic nature to kind of come out off the line and almost back himself too much and I guess sometimes that kind of does come across to neutral fans as cockiness but that's just probably the goalkeeper he is but um no last year I thought it was good. I think he got into either the PFA team the, uh, the year or the the who scored one. So he had a he had a good season. But obviously, when it does rain, it pours. And in that run where Forest played red and early on the season, that error was in the middle of about four defeats on the spin. So obviously, there's a lot of critics on him then, and a lot of people demanding that the goalkeepers changed. But Forest fans love him because you know you might have seen last year he loves to give it to the fans in the stands. Um, He's very active on social media. Um, but no, he's, he's, a, he's a good goalkeeper on his day, but he just needs to cut out basic mistakes sometimes. Yeah, I think he was giving it to the fans at the game at the Medeski just before we went and equalised kind of 15 seconds later. So who knows what will go on this time, but it always seems to be a good time. Um, yeah. One of the kind of Reading Forest links, uh, other than all the defensive midfielders that we seem to get after you, is uh, Tyler Blackett, uh, who was one of those summer signings. Why has he not really featured at all? Is is he just not good enough? Um, it's a good question. Um, in the summer, obviously, he was one of the first, one of 14, and one of the first ones to arrive, um, obviously, from yourselves on a free transfer. Um, it, we're still trying to find Blackett's best position, to be honest. I think he's been used as a left-back under Chris Hewton, but under Lamucci in his first few games of this season, he was more um, of a centre-back. So he's been injured um, a lot this season. I think he's been out for about two or three months. And since then, he's not really been able to force his way into Hewton's plans. He's had a couple of substitute appearances. I remember against Watford at the weekend, um, they were 1-0 down and they made a defensive sub because they just couldn't deal with that. Ishmael Asar. So he came on. But... Um, no, for, he's one of them players who've kind of been forgotten about, really. I think out of all the signs that have arrived, you'd probably look at him and someone called Fuad Basharu, who are the two you kind of forgot about. Um, and that's probably not his fault he's got injured, but he's just been unable, unable to work his way back into Hewton's plans or into them because he was never in him in the first place, really. Uh, Tyler Blackett's position is 
the course of much discussion throughout Reading forums, even to this day, I think. So if you ever figure it out, let us know. Uh, um, so the game on Saturday, what are you expecting from it? And what is your score prediction? Um, I do a lot of these previews for, for other fans and I always, I always say one all because I just, I can never see, I can never see Forrest conceding a hat full, but I can never see Forrest scoring a hat full. So what I would say is that Forrest don't look, and it sounds stupid after two defeats in the balance, but they don't really look like losing games. They've made two stupid errors against Luton and Watford and lost both games 1-0. Apart from that, they'd only lost three games in about 17 before last week. So overall, they have turned the corner. I think they're very much an organised outfit under Chris Hewton without being dangerous going forward. But I'm expecting a tough test of Reading. I'm, I work with a lot of Reading fans who obviously focus a lot on Reading and I know how much of a good team they were, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but obviously this season you weren't really expected to be in a promotion place under Panovic. He was a bit of an unknown quantity when he came in, and he's done a fantastic job. So they're obviously a great team, good players. Um, they're going to have to watch out for Lucas Jow because he's a handful, but at the same time, Joe Worrell's probably in Forest's best player in recent weeks. So I'm going to stick to my trend and say a one-all just on the basis that I think Reading, I've got a lot of dangerous players going forward and I think they will score. But I just also think that Forrest don't really go on defeat after defeat after defeat under Hewton. I think he'll basically tell them to forget the last two defeats and just do what we do best and just keep it tight and just try and nick one. So, um, But I think it'll be a good game and I'm looking forward to being there and watching um, you know, Jao and all these good players for Reading do their, do their thing. Yeah, I mean, definitely weren't expected to do anything. Um, I think on the current run of form, we've not uh, conceded in three games. We seem to have a little 1-0 streak going on, uh, minus the game on uh, Saturday when we won 3-0. I'll go for another 1-0 win, I think. Uh, by the sounds of it, it might be quite a tight game and yeah. maybe Lucas Zhao will do something special. Yeah, well... I'm not expecting many goals. That's my prediction. If you want a prediction, that's that's my uh, overall prediction. But no, I'm sure it'll be a good game. I've watched a lot of Reading on on, on Sky and obviously from my mates this year. And um, obviously, yeah, I don't know how many goals he's got now, but whenever Forrest seems to come up against the likes of Ivan Tony and these big, physical, powerful strikers, they just do do damage. But um, no, it'll be an interesting game. As I said, one all, but that's very much sitting on the fence. So uh, there we go. All right. Well, George, thank you very much and good luck for the season. Thank you very much. You too, mate.